Alright, I want to preach a word tonight called the remover. Okay? The remover. Have you ever gone to remove something like clean out your room or whatever? <laughs> and you think, I'm going to get rid of this, or I'm going to get rid of that, I'm going to get rid of this and get rid of that. But when it comes to it, you don't actually get rid of it. <laughs> or if you do, sometimes later you regret it because you remove too much. <laughs> you think, oh, I wish I hadn't thrown away those shoes. I love them. And they've come back in style. So I'm going to preach a word about the remover tonight and uh, from the word of God. You know, God, we know the Lord as a restorer, as a repairer, as a rejuvenator, as a refresher. All these wonderful things. But he's also a remover. So I want to get to that and uh, share a few passages from the, um, from the Old Testament uh, to start with. And how removal came as a judgment, you know, as a decision. Judgment is a decision, okay? Removal came as a judgment, and especially to those who were unwilling. This is from the Old Testament. And it was mainly to restore balance in the things of the kingdom and to restore righteousness to situations and to restore people to the Lord. So let's have a look at some of the things that God removed because a lot of these days you'll hear just faith, faith, faith preaching and prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. And you won't hear the balance. God actually, he does replace, he does restore, he does renew. But sometimes God removes as well. Sometimes God is like the, um, most parents, they will say enough is enough. <laughs> Some times you'll say enough is enough and things will be removed. And in the natural, a parent may remove something from the children to bring them back to center. So in the book of Genesis, of course, this was a story when God uh, brought the flood and saved basically Noah and his family. And the Lord said, thus I shall establish my covenant with you. Never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood. Never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. So the Lord is saying, I'm going to establish my covenant with you. He brought the waters. It says here, I set my rainbow in the cloud and it shall be the sign of the covenant between me and the earth. In other words, I'm not going to remove humanity from the earth, except for a handful. I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to remove them by flood of waters again. And God is saying, this is a sign of my covenant. And of course, you know, we know when we see a rainbow in our hearts, we, we remember the Lord. We remember the covenants and the faithfulness of God. And of course, the rainbow as a sign or a symbol has been stolen, but you can't steal the rainbow and you can't steal God and you can't steal his covenant. You can't steal his promises. He said, I'm not going to remove in this manner again. Therefore, the next time when he brought a judgment to remove because of sin, idolatry, disobedience, it says the Lord rained fire and brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of the heavens. And he overthrew those cities, all the plain, all the inhabitants of the city, and what grew on the ground. 
So he basically removed everything by fire this time, not by flood, but by fire. He removed all that had been tainted, totally tainted by sin. Okay? A lot of people don't preach about this stuff, but it's there. It's in the Word of God. What else did he remove? He removed his people, which was a good thing. He removed his people out of slavery from Egypt for hundreds of years. And then he was taking them to freedom, and the Egyptians didn't like it. So the Lord overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. He brings his people through the Red Sea, and then the Egyptians are coming after them. But he says he overthrew the Egyptians in the midst of the sea. Then the waters returned and covered the chariots, the horsemen, and all the army of Pharaoh. Not so much as one of them remained. You know, when God does the job, he does the job. When he wants to remove something, he will remove it. All. All the army. All of them. He brought his people through. He removed them from slavery. He brought them through on dry land. He brought them out to a place to set them free. And as the Egyptians pursued them, he removed the enemies of his people. He removed the enemy army. And you know, God will do that in our lives too. He will remove us from a situation, take us miraculously through, and then when the enemy tries to pull us back, and he does that, the enemy tries to pull us back, God will remove all that the enemy's trying to do to stop us coming into the promises of God. So God can deal with things in any way, shape or form that he takes. You know, he can take the fire, he can take the floods, he can take anything he likes to destroy the works of the enemy. He deals with nations, he deals with individuals, he deals however he wants when he wants to remove something. Okay? So let's go to now we've seen a whole nation here. A whole nation that God has delivered. He's removed the enemies and made a way for his people. Then we go to the book of 2 Samuel. And this is a word that comes through Nathan the prophet to David, who will be the king. And this is what the Lord says to him. Nathan, tell David this. My mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever before you. So the Lord is speaking to Nathan, the prophet. He's saying, I want you to go to David because I'm raising him up as king. He's a man after my own heart. He is going to replace Saul because I removed Saul. He said, I removed Saul from before you. In other words, Nathan was a witness of these things, how God removed him. Why did God remove Saul? Because of idolatry, because of disobedience. It always goes to sin, idolatry and disobedience when God brings removal. So here he's saying, I want you to just tell David, I'm going to replace him. So Saul was removed from his position. And sometimes God will remove us from a position. 
for whatever reason, okay? This was a reason of disobedience. But sometimes God will remove us from a position to make us more safe, to preserve us, to keep us strong in him, to keep us from a place where we might fall or backslide. He may remove us from situations, okay? Why? To preserve righteousness. And this was what he was doing. Preserving righteousness by putting David on the throne, removing Saul. So he removed Saul from a position. God can also remove from a place. He can remove you from a place. Okay? He removed Israel, <laughs> actually the northern kingdom, Israel. The southern kingdom was called Judah. The tribes in the north were called Israel. It says they rejected his statutes and his covenant. This is why God's going to remove them and allow them to go into captivity. They followed idols and they became idolaters. I think that's a very interesting passage. I've never seen that before. I mean, I've seen it, but I never saw it. They followed idols and they became idolaters. And they went after the nations who were all around them whom the Lord had charged not to do like them. So the Lord has said, I don't want you to be like them, and I don't want you to do like them. But they did. They followed idols and they became idolaters. And they went after the things that the nations did. He warned them, just like he warns us, don't follow the world, okay? Don't be worldly. And this is what they did. They made a wooden image they worshipped all the hosts of heaven and they served Baal. So they were full on into idolatry. They made idols, they worshipped the, the creation instead of the creator. We see all this still today. And they caused their sons and daughters to pass through the fire. They literally passed through fire. They practiced witchcraft and soothsaying. So they were full on into, like now it's new age, all these other things. They practiced these things. They didn't just dabble in it, they practiced it. They made their sons and daughters pass through the fire. We think, well, they don't do that now. They do. They allow things that bring fire upon their children. They allow things that you shouldn't be allowing these days. And it burns them. It burns them. It burns them. And they sold themselves. So they did this to their children. And they sold themselves to do evil in the sight of the Lord. Like, oh, we don't care. We're going to do what we want. You can't tell me what to do. That kind of attitude. They did it in the sight of the Lord. No fear of God. To provoke him to anger. And like I said, he said, enough is enough. Therefore... The Lord was very angry with Israel and he removed them from his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah alone. So all the northern tribes, Israel. God said, I've had enough. I'm going to remove you from my sight. You know, as a parent, sometimes you say, get out of my sight. <laughs> get out of my sight. Maybe your parents never said that to you, okay? But <laughs> I'm sure they did. Okay, he removed them from his sight. He allowed them to go into captivity. 
these northern tribes went into captivity to the Assyrians. And it says there was none left but Judah. Oh, good on you, Judah. But you know what? They messed up too. And they ended up in the Babylonian captivity for 70 years. So he allowed them to be removed too. You know, as you read this, you go, wow. How can I apply that in my life? You know, walk close with the Lord. Don't get into idolatry. Don't get into sin. Don't follow the ways of the world and become like them, okay? Otherwise, God will allow us to go into a captivity. We'll be captives. He will say, look, I'm going to remove you from my sight. He's not saying I'm kicking you out of the kingdom. He's saying I'm removing you from my sight for a time to learn your lesson. Have you ever heard your parents say that? I'll teach you a lesson. You'll learn one day. <laughs> I've heard that many times. <laughs> okay. So he said, I'm going to remove you from my sight. They went as um, tribes into captivity. That was the removal. What, how else does God remove? Okay. Let's go to the book of Samuel. This is really interesting. There was a priest named Eli. Okay. He didn't keep his kids in order. Phineas and Hophni, his sons, were totally out of order. He didn't bring them into obedience to the Lord, and he didn't himself. One of them, the sons, was married to a woman, and she was pregnant at the time. Eli's sons were killed in battle. Okay? They were totally out of the will of God. They were not walking with the Lord. And this woman, one of the wives, had a baby. And this is what happened. It said she named the child Ichabod. That sounds like a funny name, Ichabod. Saying, the glory has departed from Israel because the ark of God has been captured and because of her father-in-law and her husband. So she lost her father-in-law, she lost her husband, she lost her brother-in-law. She is grieving. Why? Not just because of them. The main reason is because the Ark of God has been captured. The Philistines had come and captured the Ark of God. It represented the presence of God. The presence of God is gone. And when the presence of God is not in your life, when that is removed, then it is a sad, sad day. And she's saying, it's a sad day. I'm going to name my son. The glory has departed. It was a defining moment in their history. And she called her son Ichabod to say the glory has departed from Israel. In other words, I'm totally devastated by this. Totally devastated by this removal. And named her son. What does glory mean? The glory of God means the favour of God, the presence of God, the blessing of God. She realised all these things had been removed because of her father-in-law and her husband's disobedience again <laughs> disobedience therefore there was that removal okay so what we've looked at so far has been tribes a nation people who have not been willing not been willing to follow the Lord the way that they ought to not to obey him but for those who are there is favor there is blessing okay there is good news and there is a removal that comes from God that is a blessing 
okay? So what does God remove that are blessings? Well, in Psalm 103, it says this, As far as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. He's removed our sin, our transgression, far, far away from us. We are not like that anymore. We are not like that anymore. He has removed the penalty of sin. He's removed the power of sin from our lives. That far away, he has removed. That's a good thing. We want him to remove that. And then in Proverbs, because he's removed these things, does it mean we're perfect? No. There are certain things that we still need to act on because there's a default setting in our behavior patterns. In Proverbs, it says, remove falsehood and lies far from me. In other words, my sin is forgiven. It's been washed away. But there's still a part of me that's struggling. Everyone has this, right? He's saying, remove falsehood and lies far from me. In other words, I want to be an honest person, totally honest. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food allotted to me, lest I be full and deny you. So he's basically saying, remove the propensity to be dishonest. Remove the propensity or the habit that I have to want more, to be greedy. So let me be satisfied. Remove this dissatisfaction from me. And you know, sometimes when we see what other people have, we compare and we want it. We want more. They make more money, we want more money. They got a bigger car, we want a bigger car. They got a bigger house, we want a bigger house. He's saying, remove this from me. I'm continually dissatisfied. Just help me to be content. We need to learn to be content. What God has blessed us with, be grateful for. If he increases it, great. If he doesn't, it's all we need. It's all we need. And the last one that I want to share. Jesus said this before he went to the cross. He took the cup and he gave thanks. And he gave it to them, saying, drink from it, all of you, to his disciples. Commune with me. Have this communion with me. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for the many, for the remission of sins. The removal of sins is through the blood of Jesus. The removal of sin through the blood of Jesus. Not only did he include the removal, remission means removal. But in the biblical context, it also means forgiveness. Not only has your sins been removed, and we could know that, but he's also saying they've been forgiven. One is about the head and one's about the heart. You can know you're forgiven. I mean, you can know that your sins have been removed. But in your heart, do you feel forgiven? There's a lot of people who don't feel forgiven. But remember, he said, I've removed it. 
I removed it from the east to the west for the remission, the removal of sins. That word removal, what does it mean? It means the residue. The residue is going. The residue is gone. The remission is there. Lord, I just thank you for your word tonight. Lord, I thank you for the blood of Jesus, the remission, the removal of sin, the forgiveness of sin. Far, far away, distant, let it be a distant thought. Lord, remove those habitual behaviours and those default settings. Let that change come. Let that change come. We give you permission to remove those things, those habits, those weaknesses, those things which are hindering us. Lord, we ask that you would remove them. And I ask, Lord, that you would also remove those enemies that would try and hinder us those things which would try and block us from true freedom. Lord, you remove things for our good and you replace them with even better. Thank you, Lord, for the breakthrough, the breakthroughs in our lives, the breakthroughs. Lord, I just pray for each and every one that you do something significant in the days and the weeks to come in this year. Let us stand before you this time next year seeing the amazing things that you've done. The amazing things that you've done. Nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is impossible and Lord we'll be like the opposite of that woman who said the glory has departed Lord we can stand and say the glory has increased hallelujah hallelujah Lord just bless each and every one tonight bless them bless their family members bless the meditations of our hearts the thoughts that we have in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh. Have an awesome week, everyone. I want to pray with anyone who wants prayer, any breakthroughs that you want, things removed.